the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. It's the London Free Press Podcast indeed, and we are talking about COVID-19 and the outbreak in this community and communities all over the world, of course. And to do that, we are joined by London Free Press health reporter Jennifer Beeman. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast again. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, there's a lot going on, obviously. People in this community are wondering, uh, when are we going to go from yellow to orange? What's going on uh, within spread in this community? But the big thing people are wondering about is University Hospital. You've written quite a bit about the outbreak at University Hospital. Tell us what is happening with that, what we at the London Free Press know about that right now. Well, it's just a really upsetting situation all around. It's the biggest outbreak we've had in the London area to date, the whole pandemic. Uh, as of today, 124 cases among staff and patients there and 10 deaths, which is just kind of mind boggling. We haven't had that sort of death toll in this area in a long, long time. Um, the health unit has investigated and done their thing. And, and they've uh, said that, you know, the situation may have been exacerbated by, you know, kind of rule breaking among staff. LHSD is also investigating just how this got so out of hand. The very first outbreak was declared in a fourth floor unit on November 10th, and it's since spread to five others. Um, They've basically shut down the hospital. They've cut three quarters of their surgeries. Only emergency surgeries are happening. No visitors with very, very few exceptions. Uh, So things are pretty dire there. And um, I mean, we haven't had this kind of level of crisis in London or Middlesex County since really the first wave. When you say potential uh, rules being broken by staff, what are we hearing about uh, how those rules may have been broken? As you said, there's a couple of investigations. What do do we know about those? Yeah, so certainly finger pointing is not the thing right now. We just Mm -hmm. want to get this contained and done. Um, You know, the health unit has said that maskless staff in break rooms have been a potential issue. Um, the hospital has said as much. There's this persistent, unverified claim of a staff potluck that the hospital's looking into. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it'll take quite a bit of soul searching here to really figure out what went wrong. Not just, um, it, you know, it's certainly not just staff at all. It could be hospital things as well. So, um, I mean, I think people are really searching for answers for reasons why um, a hospital that does so many things well and so many things right and has so many Um, policies and procedures and places for handling outbreaks uh, could really end up in such a situation. Yeah, that's a, a great question because, uh, look, the rules there are, uh, are are very serious, of course, and they're posted all over the place. I have not been inside the hospital myself, but uh, I, I've seen this for the photos on social media. I know uh, I know what's going on there. So uh, the question I'd have for you is if we don't obviously want to point fingers right away, what are health officials saying and hospital officials saying about how we make this right or how we uh, uh, get this COVID-19 outbreak away from University Hospital? What what are the steps that have to be taken? So they're really taking a lot of those steps right now. Um, Cancelling all non-emergency surgeries there. That's a tough move. The province has really signaled that through the second wave, it wanted hospitals to be able to continue those. Um, but those are done. Uh, and outpatient clinics and, and appointments, those are being moved online when possible and canceled outright if it's not possible to move them online. Uh, they're testing everyone at UH, all the patients, all the staff, thousands of people. 
um, just to really get a handle on this. They're inspecting units, uh, hospital staff are as well, just to make sure everything's being followed. Um, you know, the health unit today, Chris Mackey was saying that he's confident that with the rules that are in place and with the steps that the hospital and health unit are kind of taking in tandem, that um, they will be able to turn the corner on this. And we've got also a lot of hospital staff that are work quarantining. So they go to work, they work their shift, they go home, they quarantine. And I mean, that's, that's a kind of a brutal situation to live like that. It's a, it's a hard life to live, of course. Of steps. Yeah, no, it, it definitely would be a hard life to live. And I think there's a, a lot of people who are, of course, very appreciative of hospital workers right now. And as you said, they're uh, there perhaps might be some finger pointing going on in the communities and people blaming certain folks, but uh, the, the the reports of, of potlucks and things along those lines are unconfirmed. And even if something like that did happen, it certainly wouldn't have involved all staff at LHSC at, at university campus or Victoria campus or wherever it happened to be. It would have been a small number of folks. I get that it's still reckless behavior in these times, but we, we have to be very careful to acknowledge that uh, staff at these hospitals are doing everything they can to get our community through this, including dramatically shifting their own lives, even when they're not at work. And I think that's got to be acknowledged. 100%. Yeah. Um, they're, they're moving mountains to really make this right. And you can tell they, they've taken swift action last week to get things going. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of a real shock. And I think that that's the way a lot of people in, in this realm feel. We're talking about a hospital that's very well resourced, that knows how to handle outbreaks of influenza or C. difficile or MRSA and, and yet to be kind of hit by this so badly. I think it's been a shock for a lot of people. Certainly, certainly. So uh, what's the, the situation in the community at large right now? Obviously, we're seeing uh, uh, daily case numbers go to levels that we've never seen before. Of course, a lot of that is because of what's happening at the hospital. But what's the situation in, in uh, London and Middlesex County uh, uh, as a whole right now? So, you know, again, like you said, case counts really high. University Hospital is a big culprit of that. There are secondary cases. So outbreak linked cases at that hospital, um, you know, close contact to those people. So there, there are about a dozen or so of those uh, and more are under investigation. Um, the good news is, is health unit contact tracers are able to figure out most of the time for the majority of cases where they're coming from. So there's not a very large contingent of these kind of mystery cases that we don't know where they came from. Um, but people are on edge, certainly. I mean, this this is not a good news situation, and this could um, push us into a different restriction level, which is, I mean, um, something that I think a lot of people have been worrying about. Yeah, uh, that's actually brings me to my next question. Uh, I know a lot of Londoners have said, hey, are we going to Orenstein or going to Orenstein? We've seen similar sized communities to ours go to the red zone. I know that's where they are in Kitchener, Waterloo right now. There's rumors in that community that there's going to be uh, lockdown like steps taken there, like we've seen in Toronto, like we've seen in Peel region. What are, are the situations here in London when it comes to, are we staying in yellow? Are we going to orange? What are health officials saying when we ask them about that? So health officials are saying, you know, we're very much in, in a few certain metrics in the strictly, very nicely in the orange category. Um, it will depend on what the province decides with their medical officer of health and in consultation with ours here, whether we move into that orange level. Um, you know, I wrote a story yesterday that kind of itemized some of the criteria here. And, and there are some where we are fully, absolutely no questions asked in that orange zone. Um, there are others where, you know, we're, we're kind of straddling the line, we're sort of in yellow, could be in the orange. Uh, you know, right now, our contact tracers at the health unit aren't super overwhelmed, they're dealing with a lot, they brought extra people in. But that's one of those metrics the province looks at. 
Uh, and there are others as well where we just we just don't necessarily fit that bill. But you know, I, I really, from what I'm hearing and from what I understand from the health unit, I wouldn't be surprised if we did move up that category. Yeah, which I know that a lot of Londoners don't want to see happen, but it may be uh, inevitable at this point. That being said, when we look at the two categories, the differences between yellow and orange, I, I don't see there be a significant impact on the lives of most people in the community. Would you agree with my assessment there that uh, for most of us, the difference in how we live our lives in the yellow zone and in the orange zone is pretty negligible? I would agree, uh, unless you're running one of the businesses that's affected. There are capacity limits that are introduced in the uh, orange zone that aren't really existing in the yellow zone. So if you're running a business or something, that's another thing that you'd need to consider. Um, but no, I mean, I, it, the difference between yellow and orange is not as big as the difference between yellow and red. Uh, and like you said, places in our region are, are really flirting with that red line, um, including Windsor-Essex as well. So yeah, I, I think that the the from what I've seen anyways, for the lives of just your average Londoners, it's not necessarily a given that it, an orange restriction level would have a lot of impact on their day-to-day lives. Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I, I would echo that, and I would understand that uh, the what people don't want to see that happen. The way to avoid that, of course, is to stay home and not do Christmas gatherings and things on those lines because we don't want to wind up in the, the red zone like we've seen those other communities I mentioned uh, wind up in. And we certainly don't want to be in the, the gray lockdown zone like we've seen in Toronto, like we've seen in Peel, and like we may see in, uh, in, in other communities as well. And those types of things, of course, are on the table if we can continue to see case counts get higher and community transmission uh, continue to happen, right? Yeah, we We've shown in London through this first wave and through the summer that we we can really come together as a community to get this under control. And, you know, I think it'll be telling in the next couple of weeks what happens at University Hospital if cases come under control there. We will have more cases. There's no question. They're testing like crazy there. So we're hunting the cases. We're going to find them. Um, but it's it just a matter of seeing whether we can really kind of move beyond this, you know, over 40 cases we've had for the last two days back to where we were. Um, to kind of the, the the normal case levels we were having. So I think it really takes vigilance on all of our parts. And especially with Christmas, I mean, just making decisions that are sound and follow the public health guidelines, that'll really go a long way to getting things back to where we want them to be. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think, what all of us uh, uh, definitely want to see sooner rather than later. Of course, there's questions about vaccination and, and things along those lines. Those are for federal health officials to announce. But for now, we've just got to sort of put our heads down and, and, and keep doing what we've been doing. And of course, hope that we don't continue to see outbreaks at hospitals and things along those lines, because that's where things become real dangerous. Absolutely. I, I mean, this has just been a really rough this has been a really rough couple of weeks for London. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week was was brutal. We had a lot of deaths this week. Um, in I mean, just in the first three days of December, we've already surpassed November's uh, death toll. So you know, December three days in is now the third deadliest month behind May and April. Um, and that's all, I mean, all but one of those eight cases in the first three days of December is due to uh, the university hospital outbreak. So um, really we I, I, you know, everybody is wanting this to, to really resolve. And I think that we're taking good steps to do it at least. Yeah. I, I, I hope that that's exactly what happens. Anything else that you're going to be watching Jen, uh, uh, over the next few days here as, uh, the story continues to evolve either at university hospital or at, uh, in the community at large. Well, you know, the province lately in the last few weeks has been 
making its uh, new restriction announcements every Friday, it seems. So I'll certainly be watching that, uh, as well as uh, the, the, of course, the university hospital outbreak. Um, hospital officials are going to be speaking uh, at a press conference Friday morning just to sort of discuss um, their response and, and how they're working through this. So uh, that'll be on my plate for the next little bit. All right. Well, we continue to uh, uh, read your coverage, which has been fantastic. You have several pieces that are on the uh, uh, front page of LFPress.com right now with uh, a lot of great information in them. And, and what I liked about them is there are they're, they're bullet points. Here's essentially what you need to know. Here are the different things that are going on. It's, uh, it's very easy to read and take in the information that you want. So uh, go to uh, LFPress.com and uh, within the pages of London Free Press, read Jennifer Beeman's work. Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, talking with us on the London Free Press podcast today. Glad you could do it. Thanks so much for having me. That's Jennifer Beeman, London Free Press health reporter, talking with us here on the London Free Press podcast today, a podcast that you can subscribe to on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or on Google Podcasts. Plus, you can find us on lfpress.com. You can also go to YouTube, where thousands and thousands of people are, uh, are, are tuning in for our podcast and the little videos that we do. You may be doing that right now. So if you are doing that, thank you very much, and we're glad that uh, you could be part of the London Free Press podcast. We'll be back with uh, a couple of more episodes next week. We're continuing to watch what's going on with COVID-19 and all the other important stories going on in London and the surrounding region, which is what we talk about here on the London Free Press Podcast. We will talk to you next time. 